Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, AKA Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And I'm excited because we have my friend, Mike Fitzpatrick. He's the area manager with U.S. Corporation, or sorry, U.S. Mortgage Corporation. He's got a lot of cool things going on. I'm going to let him introduce himself. But Mike, thank you so much for being here, man. Appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me. I've been in the mortgage business since 2015 at the ripe age of 21 years old. So I just turned 30 this year. And as everybody knows, over the last couple of years, it's been a crazy journey and have resonated with your progress and your show because I tell my loan officers all the time, like we're generating our own leads through social media. And the goal is to get to a place to where we're self-genning everything and getting it to real estate agents rather than Mm -hmm. us relying on them to get it from them. So that's one of my big visions as well. Love it, man. So, uh, Tell us a little bit about like what got you into this crazy industry, man. Give us a little bit of a background as to like, you know, what kind of drove you into the industry and then just kind of how the journey's been since then, man. Yeah. So I got in, like I said, in 2015, I was doing insurance and uh, working at my dad's financial planning company. I decided pretty quickly that playing with other people's money was not something that I wanted to do. And uh, (laughs) so we had a conversation and I said, hey, what is something that's like kind of in the leg of this, because I've been around you my whole life. You've been doing the sales thing for 30 years and it's what I resonate with. So what is it that like, maybe I could do that is something similar to what you do and mortgages was the natural thing because it was a different leg to that same kind of sequence of business. And so I decided, all right, I'm going to jump into the mortgage business. And I was like, I'm going to kill it. Well, fast forward two years after getting in, I was not killing it. I was getting killed by the business. So I had a W-2 that said like 12 grand on it. And uh, I was about to quit because I was 24 months in. And I'm like, all right, man, this is not working. I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. I had all these ideas, but I couldn't execute on them because the first two companies I was with were just, they were managing the credit risk rather than trying to close loans. And like anybody that's been in that situation knows that that's a recipe for disaster. You lose all confidence in the process and you just can't get out there and sell. So I ended up meeting my now partners that I've been with for six years and it's been great ever since. In a six month period from March of 17 until about October, November timeframe, I had done right at 20 million almost in that timeframe. And the journey since then, kind of same as your journey is slow start, but accelerated growth after that. And it's been kind of crazy ever since. So I'm a testament that you don't have to be the most intelligent, but if you work hard, that you can make it in this business. It also comes down to patience, man. Like I think the biggest reason why people fail and quit is because they're not willing to bleed for long enough. Because the truth is like business is hard, right? As a loan officer, I know you're technically W-2 most of the time, unless, you know, maybe you work for a broker, but most of the time you're going to be W-2, but you pretty much are your own entity that has to, I mean, you're at zero. I mean, unless you're a salary loan officer or something like that, but but, you know, in general, like you are your own, you know, boss, right? Like you actually have to run your business like a business and it's hard when you first get started. We talk about this all the time with our clients and with, uh, you know, with loan officers, just like, I always talk about like this concept that like people think that they're going to be good at converting leads the second they start taking them. Like you're going to become a good loan officer overnight. Like how do you expect to become good at this skill that you've never actually done 
but yet you understand that it took you two, three, four years before you actually felt like you were really an expert in the game of yeah. mortgages, right? Because like mortgages are a complicated thing. Converting internet leads is a very complicated thing as well. It's a very different process no to getting referrals. And obviously, you know that. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that like people aren't willing to give that time, right? I mean, you know, even my story, like I was, you know, two years in $100,000 in debt. And it was like, well, you know, the rational person would have just quit, right? They would have just said, hey, yeah. you know what? I'll just go and do something where I know I can make some money. Of course, I doubled down and, you know, decided to hire a coach and, you know, with money that I didn't have and all that fun stuff. So, you know, I, I totally yeah. feel that journey. And I, and I love to hear that because a lot of times people talk about like, oh man, they're killing it. And they're like, lucky you. Right. But like, they don't understand yeah. the journey, which is why I love hearing that background, man. Like, so tell us a little bit about like, kind of like, all right. So the first two years was rough. What changed? What was the difference between, you know, $12,000 in W2 to closing 20 million? What was that within another year or something like that of that time? Yeah, I did that in like six months. And honestly, it was just an identity shift for me that like, hey, you're trying to live out an identity of like what people are trying to tell you that you need to do to be successful in this business. And at the time, like social media was a thing, but it wasn't like nobody was utilizing it really back in 2015, 2017 to really leverage a lot of business and to create introductions with the referral based business, the realtor side. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do what I've had my mindset on and not listen to the naysayers and just be authentically me. And I just started commenting and interacting and direct messaging with realtors. And since I did that, I would post five, six times a day with sure. some sort of content. And then I would go to these networking events and they'd be like, oh, there's that damn kid that keeps posting on Facebook all the time. But <laughs> I didn't have to tell anybody my name. Nobody sure. never had to tell somebody my name. When that started happening and that switch flicked for me where I was like, well, if I just post a lot and then I go to these networking events and everybody knows who I am, that's so much easier than making cold calls to these realtors and like saying, hey, let me take you out for coffee. Like that's not a fun cold call because 92 other loan officers are doing that to the same top producing realtor. And I just gave up on like trying to be somebody that I wasn't. So I did give up on something, which was being somebody that I'm not. I love it, man. It's funny because like, it sounds like a very similar journey to like how even like I started, it was like, I tried to do the whole thing, like going to networking events and doing the whole cold calling and things like that. And I'm actually a big advocate of people doing that when they're first getting started, because yeah, I think you need to experience the pain of doing those things. And some people love it, right? I don't, I mean, or maybe some people learn to love it, but I did the same thing. I really built my business off of social media and the power of social media is like, it's crazy because like, you know, we have clients all across the U S my team is literally in, I don't know, four different countries and spread out all across the U.S. as well. The world we live in today is like we live in a, in a world where we're everywhere. We're worldwide. We're, we're yeah. like, And so like, I mean, you know, I, I met you via social media, you know, like we're just yeah. connected on social media. I don't know when we connected. I don't remember why we connected. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason we connected and, you know, now we're on a podcast together and, you know, we talk back and forth on social media all the time. And so that's the power of networking and, and social media has allowed us to network at scale. So what did that yeah. sort of look like? I mean, are you posting six times a day still, or is it kind of like dropped off a little bit? Uh, it's dropped off a little bit, but like for the most part, I post two to three times a day sure. with some sort of content, whether it be yeah. like my kids or something mortgage related. It does like you can go through phases of burnout when it comes to social media. And I, I don't think a lot of people- that next. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people talk about that enough. Because when you're consuming and you're not putting anything out there and like you're not actually networking, that will lead to so much burnout 
because you're not actually using social media for social media. You're being a consumer. And I think like it's in the name, like we have to be social on social media for it to have an impact on our lives and on somebody else's lives. And I think that's where people will reach social media fatigue is because like they're just scrolling. They're just doing this the whole time. They're not yeah. stopping to go, hey, cool dog, and then spark a conversation where they have this conversation that might be life changing for that person or for you. And that's where I really think networking at scale, you also have to care. You have to be a good human being when you're doing that and not just doing it to get something out of it. You got to be doing it with a caring mentality and a give back mentality at the same time. Yeah, man. You, you talked about uh, burnout. And I think that's a very real thing because when you're posting that often, I went through this phase. I mean, I posted the same thing. I was posting sometimes three to five times a day, right? And yeah. it was great. But then like I got to this point where like everything was like planned. Everything was like, I don't know. It was like everything was specifically to create engagement. So it was like, I was like constantly checking how many likes, how many comments, how many things. And it wasn't yeah. so much that I cared how many likes, but I knew that the more likes you get, the more reach that post gets, which means as soon as you post yeah. a business post, that's going to get more reach. And so it all kind of became this like game. And then like, it just became a lot. The other problem or downside to social media, if you get sucked in, like you said, is like, it's whole job is to keep you on the platform as long as possible. So yeah. the content is super engaging, right? So like, you can easily go on there to do your little bit of work and find yourself an hour later scrolling. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then there's also that comparison game you get into you. Like everybody on social media is talking about how great their life is right. All yeah. the time. They don't talk about their losses. Most people don't. I do, but most people aren't talking yeah, about losses too. and stuff like that. Right. I think it makes you more relatable when you do, but everybody's like presenting this like perfect life that they have. And so you're like, what's wrong with me? Why, why do I yeah. have problems? Why did I only make $12,000 and all these other people are killing it? Like you start to compare yourself. So you can go through that burnout. That is something that I like we talked about because you can very easily find yourself, you know, in that comparison game and burnt out. So like in that regard, like, so you do a lot of just sort of like engaging with people, people talk about the post and ghost, right? They'll post yeah. and not engage with anybody. They don't interact. They don't like, you got to be social. So like, what are your strategies there in terms of like being consistent with that? And then also like, what's kind of your strategies around actually engaging with people? So my strategy all the time is to not leave a comment unresponded to. I think that that creates true social interaction. So I do set aside time in the morning and at night before I go to bed to make sure that I have interacted with every single one of my comments. And then you know from algorithms that that just adds to what you're doing right. and gets you placed right. in a better place. But for me, it really comes down to, and I tell my loan officers all the time, and I'm sorry if you don't allow cursing, but I uh, I go with the give a shit marketing method. Like if you are going to really truly make an impact in this world long-term, you got to care. You got to be somebody 100%. that's of high integrity, high morals, and you got to care. You got to care about people. Otherwise, like what's the point? And I don't want to be around people like that. I'm more of a referral-based business right now from realtors. So if there's a realtor that I've never interacted with and I've never sat down and had any coffee with them or broke bread with them, if they comment, like I'm commenting back and then that's the person that I'm adding to a call sheet that I go, hey, I just wanted to thank you so much for interacting with my social media. Your comment really meant a lot to me. And I just want to say thank you so much. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, that'd be great. But I'd love to go to lunch or something like that. And it's worked super, super well for me. Wow. 
dude, that's freaking awesome. And I, I've never even thought about like calling people just because they engaged with your content, man. That's actually a dope. Yeah. And I haven't heard anybody talk about that. So that's a really cool strategy. Cause a lot of times, like, you know, I've done some similar things like that where like, you know, you, you are actually yeah. trying to comment, get that interaction. So they start to see your content, but I've never even thought about like just giving them a call. Like I've, you know, I've talked about hitting them in the DMS or whatever, but yeah. I think that makes a big difference. It's like, Hey man, like, just thank you so much for engaging. Like I'm, you know, I'll put this content out there and I really try and that's awesome, yeah. man. And it's very not salesy and it gives you yeah. a reason to call. <laughs> right. And so like whenever I'm coaching brand new loan officers and they're like, dude, I don't even know who to call. Like, I don't know what to do. Okay. Go friend every real estate agent that you can possibly imagine on Facebook and then start posting content and whoever interacts with that content, that's your call list. Call them right away. And there so you go. And then that. like from how there, you, how do you add them? Like I'm capped now. I can't sure. add anybody else. But like for a new loan officer, all you got to do is go on Zillow and just start running down the list and go and have two windows open. You have Zillow open and then you've got Facebook and you start adding people, Facebook or Instagram. Now that sure. Instagram got smart and actually has a desktop app that's worth a crap. Um, yeah. <laughs> but just start adding as many of them as you can find. And don't come at it very creepily where you're interacting with them right away. But mm -hmm. start posting some content that you know has got some clickbait in it for a realtor. And then as they start interacting, then you start leveraging and creating a true relationship. Because if you're trying to get business and you're not creating a relationship, every relationship I've ever done that way ends up being me getting used and it's a terrible relationship. So yeah, you really yeah. need to, it doesn't even have to be breaking bread because there's a lot of people that just don't do that anymore. But you've got to come to a place where you're finding commonality and finding a liked interest and then creating like a true social relationship and then mm -hmm. go, all right, hey, we've talked two or three times now, dude, I really like you, but I really, really want to work with you. Give me your next deal or what do I got to do to earn your next deal? Because a lot of people yeah. will become very friendly and very social, but don't ever ask for the business. And then Never they're ask. like, well, dude, I did everything that you told me to. Well, and we see the same thing when it comes to even like, our loan officers that have a pre-approved buyer and they give it to a real estate agent and they're like, they never sent me any business back. I'm like, did you have a conversation with them? Did you set expectations that like, Hey, if I give you this yeah. deal, like we're looking for a reciprocal relationship. So if I give you this deal, can you give me your next deal? I'm not going to ask for all your business. Cause that's crazy for me to expect you to give me yeah. all your business off of one referral, but like at least give me a shot type of thing. Right. And they're like, no, I'm like, yeah. well then like, what are you mad about? Like you never set expectations with this person. So like, that's not an agreement. That's just like, Hey, you handed someone a deal and of course they're going to take it. Like, but that doesn't mean they don't already have two or three relationships that they've worked with for, you know, 10 years, but like, yeah. you know, and everybody's so scared of that kind of stuff too. Like, yeah, I'm like, dude, so if you're referring the deal in your instance, like if you're referring the deal, I'm taking that deal to said real estate agent and going, Hey, I'm going to bring you this deal. But like, I'm also vetting three or four other agents because this deal really means a lot to me. And I've spent a lot of time with this client and I want to make sure that they're well taken care of. So like, give me some insight into your business. How do you do showings? How do you take care of this client? Because like, I want to make sure that we align. And if we align, I think we could do some really big stuff together. And Man, you start I, having I conversations it. like that and very intentional. They're like, oh crap. Like, did I just become part of some exclusive club? This is amazing. It's a positioning thing, right? As marketers, right? Yeah. Like it's like we talk about positioning. And so like you want to set that frame as like, again, so many times people have been in this position where they don't have any power. And so they're kind of come with like, you know, the Oliver twist, like you please going to have some more type of thing. Right. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, well, no, like you have power. Like you actually like don't show up that way because you're putting them on a pedestal. Like they're better than you. And when you show up with that energy, like yeah, they're, they're going to feel it. Right. And so I, it was actually funny. I was just talking about this earlier today, just about that same thing. It's just like, 
dude, like it could be where you just call a couple people in a market that maybe you're like, you have a pre-approved buyer in, but maybe you don't have an active real estate agent. All right, call a couple of people and say, hey, I have a pre-approved buyer, really looking to find a partner in the area. Would love to jump on a Zoom call with you. And then like you ask some questions, vet them, ask, you know, yeah. the same thing you would with a lead. Like, but that actually positions you as like, hey, like I want to do business with someone like that. Because again, like you said, so many people are not used to that sales conversation. So I love that. Like, I mean, you go on direct to consumer on a lot of stuff or, you, you know, at least you, you used to. And now I get it because you get to a point where you're getting enough referrals or it's like, all right, well, the opportunity yeah. cost of me chasing down, you know, leads is probably not the best, but it's still a massive opportunity to have leverage. And let's talk about that a little bit, man. Like, so you reach yeah. out to them, you talk about interviewing people. Are you actively doing that? Or are you just kind of using that as a frame and positioning on that call? Or are you actually yeah, talking so to more people? We self-generate years ago with my marketing department built out where we're building single property sites or multi-property sites through Facebook sure. and Instagram. And then we're driving leads to those sites or to a specific real estate agent. But the way that we're leveraging that and positioning that is like, hey, this is an exclusive club that if we decide to partner with you on this, we expect a reciprocal relationship. And if we find out one of these leads closed with another mortgage company and they came from us, like we're going to take you off of our platform because this is... Right. Like we invest real dollars into this. And from a compliance standpoint, we're getting the leads too. So we can do this for you without charge. But like, we need to understand that these are both our leads that you're not getting control over this lead. It's a reciprocal relationship. And honestly, like the more that you can do, and I think this is something that you do a great job at marketing too, is like as loan officers, we, in my opinion, are the most important piece of a transaction without us, like nobody else gets paid. And until we can start living like that as loan officers and understanding that like we are probably the most important person in a transaction other than an appraiser that can screw a whole deal, like <laughs> we have to start standing that way and operating as professionals in that manner. And like we can't continue to be treated the way that we get treated in certain situations because we're highly important to everybody getting paid. I agree. And it's funny because my... <laughs> My best performing Facebook ads when I'm trying to, you know, find loan officers to work with is the ones that basically talk about this concept and realtors like, yeah, they'll just go off in the comments. You can just see like, but it's funny because yeah. those are my best performing ads. Like literally work the best. And the loan officer like, oh, that's exactly why I reached out to you. And it's just funny. There's this massive disconnect between both sides. And I don't believe it's like, I talk about it as like the power play, but I don't believe truly, I believe you should have a partnership with people, right? Yeah. I do think that like, you want to work with people that like, you don't want to be better than them. You want to work together to achieve a similar outcome. But I do agree right. that like, you know, typically the real estate transaction has been driven by real estate agents, right? And I see all the time, loan officers, like, well, like they only go to the real estate agent, right? They go to the real estate agent first. So like, we don't just get very many leads. I have a lot of thoughts on that, but what are your thoughts on that before we kind of get to my... To my thoughts. I, I think that that's just the way that the mortgage game has played it for so many years that you've got to breed that out of the mortgage game. I think that we've been playing as the mortgage industry as a whole until the quickens of the world came about. Like we were playing the game of let's sit behind a desk and let's hope that somebody refers me a deal or let me sit at a bank and I'll get a deal because they walk in the bank. Like we've been playing behind the eight ball as an industry for many, many years. And we didn't really start playing the game of us taking the power back until recently in the last decade. It just set the industry back because the realtors have been playing this advertising game and have been playing yes. the law of large numbers for many, 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 many decades. So they understand and they do feel like they're more important when in a lot of situations they do have the leverage because 
loan officers aren't taking the time to call people and, and make appointments right. on leads and those kind of things. So the agents are like, hey, listen, I call 100 people a day. How many people do you call? Well, I call like 10 realtors. And so like instantly we lose credibility because we're not playing the same game that they are. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it's literally what I was going to say. They say that. But the what I always go back to is like, okay, so when you first get licensed as a real estate agent, the first thing that you get told is to market to your sphere of influence, basically market to the consumer. They don't say, oh, let's go find someone that can refer me deals. No, let's actually talk to the consumer. What happens when a loan officer gets licensed? Their branch manager tells them, go talk to real estate agents, go talk to financial planners, go depend yep. on someone else instead of marketing to the consumer. How would the consumer know that the first step they're supposed to go to is the financing if the finance people never advertise to the consumer. In right. every other country, in every other country that I've ever heard of, I've talked to people in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, like people go to the finance first. They go to the loan first because they know that's how it works. In this country, yeah. because the real estate agents have, like you said, over the decades, maybe hundred years, I mean, obviously they had access, there wasn't an MLS, so they had access to the listings and things like that. But that being said, you know, you still always needed a loan to get a home. I mean, at least for the last, you know, hundred years or so. Yep. And so like that, I think is the biggest difference. And the other thing too, and you probably get this, but like you know, loan officers look at the life cycle of a buyer as like this 30 to 60 day window, right? Because when yeah. you get referrals, that's how long it takes for them to close. They're like, oh, deals should close in 30 to 60 days. When the reality of the buyer's mentality is like, it could be anywhere from 12 to 24 months a lot of times, the decision-making yeah. process from the time they decide they want to buy a home to the time they actually buy a home is a long-term thing. And real estate agents are used to nurturing prospects. Loan officers yeah. are used to getting referrals, which are already been nurtured through a 6, 12, 24-month cycle. I know I'm speaking to the choir here, but like, I'm sure like as you're training new loan officers, things like that, like how do you like shift them or maybe people that came from referral to this sort of background, like how do you train people into changing that mindset, being patient, understanding the nurture process? Like, like, do you train that a little bit or what's that look like? Yeah. I mean, you got to have, again, it goes back to the method of caring. Like you got to care right. about a human being enough to go, Hey, just because they're not ready right now, doesn't mean that I just kick them to the curb. That's, Part of the reason why I got into the mortgage business was like, I was not treated super well trying to buy a house from a local lender that's in my right. area and treated me like dirt. And you weren't uh, ready? yeah, cause I wasn't ready. Like, oh, I don't have time for you. Like you're six months out, call me in six months. And it's like, yeah, you're tired that's not how you build long-term. So what we've been able to do is like every six months or so, we'll get like a roll of people that are like, hey man, I did everything that you said to do because you took the five minutes to tell me what to do and yep. I'm ready to go. I got the money saved up, my credit score is 700, I'm ready to roll. That ends up being 20, 30 units a year of business for the branch. And it's just because somebody took 10 minutes to run a score analyzer and give somebody some advice. And that's essentially kind of what you're saying with realtors is they play that game day in yep. and day out because it does it, it takes six months to 18 months to really get somebody through a funnel in a lot of cases it's very rare that somebody comes in and is like i gotta buy tomorrow it's super what rare. if they are those people these are people that have already gone through that six to 18 month decision making process on their own or whatever they maybe you know yeah. saw a different ad or they maybe you know just did the research on their own right like so that's the thing is like you gotta think about it there's three percent of people in any given market that are actively buying Right. So like you get a hundred leads, only 3% of those people are going to be ready to buy basically right now. And there's about 10% yeah. of them that are probably like, you know, somewhere in the next six to 12 months. And then, you know, and so we've seen like, and you can actually convince some of those people. Right. And we've talked about this all the time, but like, 
loan officers want to say like, I'm an advisor or whatever. I don't pressure someone into doing anything. It's like, it's not about pressuring someone into doing something they shouldn't be doing, but you're the yeah. expert. You know, how many transactions do you do a year? How many does the consumer do a year? Yeah. One every, you know, whatever, five or 10 years. Like, and so, we tend so, to lose so, sight of that too. Yeah. Well, it's so what you expect someone that knows nothing about the industry, nothing about the real estate game, nothing about mortgages to make this decision. Like, you're just going to let them do that. Like if they have the money, the down payment, the credit, whatever it is, the situation where they can afford to buy a home, even in the market, like we're in right now, it's your obligation. In my opinion, it's your obligation to convince them why they should buy today. And you show them with yeah. numbers. You can actually show a freaking calculator and say, Hey, here's the difference between buying today and you renting for the next, whatever, two years so that you can wait yeah. for the market to change. Now, guess what? You've spent whatever, $50,000 on, on rent. You know, the homes have appreciated X percent. Like, Here's why you should buy today, even with the market being higher. Like that's yeah. just you showing up as an expert and a leader and showing them why they should buy today. Right. Yeah, Don't let no them doubt. say, oh, and I'm like, going to wait six months. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because there's such a lack of financial efficacy in this country that like you have to be that person for people. There's right. going to be 1% of buyers that don't need that, but the 99% are going to need you to, hey, this is what's going on in the market. And if you're just a application pusher, yeah, there's some guys I know that are application pushers and they don't like, they have created a great business, but the majority sure. of the people that are at the top, top, top are the people that know what's going on in the market. They understand how to get a loan closed and they care about people and they end up building gigantic pipelines that are unbelievable. Yeah. And then um, to that point, it's also about thinking about this from a long-term perspective when something, I mean, I had the guy from Monitor Base on a couple episodes ago and he talked about like the average consumer, the average home buyer purchases a home about every 11 years. But within those mm -hmm. time periods, they also refinance typically every, you know, twice during that time. In 11 years, you have four transactions, but yeah. only 19% of people work with the same lender on their next transaction, right? So there's 81% of people that are literally like falling out. And most people, again, it's because they're thinking about this from like a short-term perspective, from a, like, hey, yeah. I need to get a deal for today. Instead of like, hey, if I acquire this customer and I know you get, you know, spend money on ads, like if I acquire this customer for whatever, $3,000, but I know that I'm going to capture two or three transactions from them, plus referrals, plus being able to leverage that as a referral to a real estate agent who will then send me referrals, I mean, that one person could be worth $100,000. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy because like, I know guys in this business and they don't put those two things together and they've got a database of, I've got a friend that's been at a company for six years. He's got a database of like 20,000 names. And I'm like, dude, when was the last time you called any of those people? Well, I mean, they're either prospects that didn't buy with me or they already closed. Like I... I haven't called any of them. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you talking about? You don't put like 10 names on a list of these people and say, hey, you were a prospect that like was two years ago. I just want to know, if, did you ever buy or like, are you still in the market to buy? And you would be surprised at the percentage rate at those things convert to be like, yeah. oh, you know what? I did buy, but I'm actually looking to upgrade. And I really had a terrible experience with the other lender that you competed with last time. And like, I really had a good connection with you. So I had one of those conversations recently. And I'm like, if you didn't call any of those names, because I think mine's like 28,000. Um, and like, how are you going to have 28,000 people in a database and like not call any of them. That's insane. I mean, if you convert half a percent of those a year, that's a yeah. lot of a lot of deals. You know, yeah. it's like the numbers at those sorts of scale, it just gets ridiculous, right? And, and you even think about like, even if you are at 20% retention, right? Like, even if you can get it to 50%, like, yeah, 
that will like almost double your business overnight, right? Like that would be insane if, I mean, and again, it depends on how many deals you're closing on a yearly basis, but like the numbers is what's like the most important thing. And people don't think about it from that perspective, because again, you're just so caught up in this idea that like, you need to get business for today, which great, like, cool. Like, but that's not how you build a long-term business that's sustainable. That doesn't require you to freaking grind all of the time, right? Like that's the other you thing. You got to put your like, spear and butt flap on all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, every day, bro. Cause like I got to go chase down the meat. It's like, why would you yeah. turn away someone that's six months out? Like that's someone that was going to close in six months if you just nurture them a little bit. Now all of a sudden your yeah. pipeline's full for six months out and it's full for 12 months out and it's full for 18 months out. Instead yeah. of having to be like, oh, where's my next deal? I got to go find my next deal. It's ready to buy today. Man, I love it. You're speaking my language. I'm over here, you know, yeah. just jumping on. But all right, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, you got some other strategies. You're running some ads. Like what's one of your like main ways right now that you're attracting more realtors to work with you getting business? I mean, we're in a tough market. So what are you kind of doing right now actively to kind of go out there, get more business? Yeah, honestly, like to bridge the gap on creating new relationships with realtors, like there's some of them that haven't given me the time of day and I've been in the market for six or seven years. I just recently started a podcast where I interview top real estate agents and I'm leveraging that because I'm actually creating a community platform for real estate agents that I plan on trying to make nationwide. And so in that community, it's going to be really good mortgage related topics to teach realtors on like what they need to know, like not too Mm -hmm. deep, but like what they need to know about the lending side a deal pass back and forth platform, like an affiliate platform to where if somebody's in California and then I'm in Myrtle Beach and there's a realtor in Myrtle Beach, they can pass deals back and forth. And then like contract classes for every state. So if there's new people joining and they're in Alaska, I have an industry expert from Alaska that's going to do a class inside of that platform. So that's something that I'm actively building right now. And in my market, I'll have it launched on May 1. But again, it's something outside the box that no other lender is really trying to do. But I want to create a great thing for realtors to where they're actually getting value from me. And eventually over time where they understand that like we're just playing the game in a different way from a mortgage perspective. And the cool part about that platform is they're going to have a uh, curated forms list through Canva. Like, so they'll get their own Canva login by being part of the platform and be able to generate their own marketing materials. Because some people don't have that. They're at a tiny brokerage and they don't have that. And then there'll be a separate tier to where they'll get a CRM if they pay a little bit more. So that's my goal by the end of 2024 or 2023 is to have that fully launched and about a thousand people on it is the big goal. That's awesome, man. And what is cool about the podcast, I mean, I'll just say from my perspective, like I've gotten to talk to some really, really cool people that like, you know, probably wouldn't have given me the time of day had I not had a podcast and a platform that they could basically share the word. I mean, I got yeah. to talk to Todd Duncan. I, you know, I got the, one of the co-founders of Bomb Bomb. you know, I've had some other cool tech CEOs, marketers, uh, you know, top producing loan officers on the show. So it's been fun. It's been a fun ride. And I think that's a good avenue for you to get in front of your potential referral partners that you want to work with. But it's also an opportunity for you to give value to maybe some of your referral partners that you're actively working yeah. with or want to get in with. Like, hey, I just did this podcast with, you know, John, the top producing agent in our market. You know, here's some strategies that you can implement yourself into your business, right? Boom. Check out this podcast that we just did. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of cool things that you can do with the podcast. And the cool thing about an interview style podcast, which I'm assuming that's kind of the way you do it is you don't have to come up with like crazy content. You have a conversation like this podcast, right? It's like, it's just a conversation and you're probably going to suck at first. You know, I go back to some of my earlier podcasts. I was like, yeah, it was (laughs) not quite as good as I am now, but it is what it is. It's been a fun journey. I mean, I'm 88 episodes in, I think on this one, 
And it's been one of the funnest things I've done. Cause again, I get to speak with cool people like, you know, every week yeah. I get to speak with cool people. So that's awesome, man. Any like, uh, you know, tips, tricks, anything like that, that you uh, would recommend for someone to do as we're kind of closing up here. Yeah, I would just say, uh, and it's something that Amir, which has been on your show, like it's yeah. a quote that he hit me with recently, and it's literally written inside of my Bible now. And it's uh, consistency is my character and repetition is my reputation. If you bring a large amount of consistency into this business, if you're a loan officer or a realtor, and you replicate and get repetition into what you do every day, you'll be insanely successful because there's so many people in both of those businesses that there'll be a flash in the pan, they'll do a bunch of stuff, and then six months later, they're fizzled out and you'll never see them again. So mm -hmm. if you're consistent and you do a lot of repetition, then you'll stay in for a long time. That's my biggest advice. I'm a big sports guy. So, uh, I played quarterback and I even played in a game recently. So I'm 30 years old and still playing some sports. But if you don't have repetition, you can get on that playing field and get yourself hurt pretty bad. So it's Absolutely. the same thing in business. If you're not a student of the game and truly, truly get good at your craft and become what you view as the best in your craft, if you don't do that. You're going to get on the playing field with somebody like Luke or like me, and we're going to hurt you. And we're not going to be worried about it either. Like we want people around us that are students of the game and really care and that's the way that I am. No, and I love that. I think there's a lack of people that are seeking coaching and growth and things like that. And they think that like the things that they did 20 years ago is still going to work today. And fine, they might still work today, but like you should always be growing because if you're not growing, yeah. you're basically, you know, decaying, right? So to go along with your repetition thing, one of my coaches and mentors always says repetition is the mother of all skill. And I don't know, you know I'm sure yeah. he got it from someone else, but it's just that idea that like, you're going to get better at something if you continue to do that thing, right? And so many times people are unwilling to be patient enough to do enough reps so that they do get good at the thing, right? They'll say, I'm not good at video. Yeah, I sucked at video for the first, I don't know how many videos, man. Like I probably sucked at the podcast for the first videos, but I kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. I probably sucked at writing for a while, right? Like we, you know, my copy online. So all of those things are just skills that I just continued to craft just to kind of go back, like if uh, someone's looking to maybe connect with you, learn a little bit more about you, what you're doing, you know, what's a good place for them to connect with you or, you know, learn a little bit more about you and kind of your branch and stuff. Yeah. You can find me on Facebook, just Mike Fitzpatrick or on Instagram at the real Mike Fitz, or you can call me at any time. My cell's 843-580-2490. I love having conversations like this. So if you're somebody in the industry that just wants to mastermind, or I can be your therapist for maybe an hour or something like that. I'm happy to do that too and just be there for somebody. And I like being part of people's lives and truly think if I give back, then it comes back to me tenfold. So I don't ever look at it for anything in return. I love it, man. It was funny because you talked about being, you know, the person that actually truly cares. And I think that's huge. And it's something that people talk about, but so many people fake it, right? The whole idea of authenticity is like kind of overplayed, but it really is the best way for you to one, grow your engagement on social media is just being who you truly are. But then again, like just doing the things and just doing things because you don't want something in return. So the funny thing was like, there was this guy I remember posted this probably a couple of years back, but he's like, yeah, I, I, I do all these things for people without expecting anything in return. And when I, I need a favor, like they're nowhere to be seen. You're like, so you did all these things expecting something in return, like what in the world? And I called him out on the post and it was like, it was, it was just funny. Cause like, it's just, it was such That's an hilarious, that like he just had that cognitive dissonance that he didn't understand. Like, but yeah. you really did do them with expecting something in return because like, that is what you literally just said. But anyway, like to just kind of wrap things up, like to me, the, my biggest takeaways from today is, 
you talked about at the beginning, be authentic, do the things that work for you. Like I know people are going to tell you how they did business, right? And maybe they started in business 20 years ago. Maybe their way is yeah. not the best way right now, or maybe it's not the best way for you. I personally believe like you can be successful with cold calling, with door knocking, with networking, with social media. I'm sure there's someone out there doing Craigslist still. You know, there's there's <laughs> any any number of places that you can like find business, but do the thing that works for you, but do it consistently, do it again and again and again. And honestly, I mean, I'll just plug it like going consumer direct, getting correct to the consumer, marketing to them, whether it be via paid ads, whether it be via social media, TikToks, reels, however you want to do it. But marketing to the consumer is going to allow you to have leverage. It's going to allow you to have just so much more power in the conversation. I mean, not just yeah. to be like this power dynamic, but really truly so that you can bring value to your real estate partners, right? I mean, so many loan yeah. officers are like, well, I do my job and you know, I do a good job. It's like, yeah, that's cool, man. You should be doing a good job. That's part yeah. of your job description is to answer the phone and to work on the weekend sometimes, you know, if you need to and those types of things, right? That's not a value to them. Um, it's just the bare minimum to keep the business. So get direct to the consumer, figure out a way to market so that you can attract your own people. So you can be not fully self-reliant because you still want the referrals, but so that you don't have to be 100% reliant on someone else. Is there any like parting words of wisdom uh, for anybody who's listening? Yeah, I did want to make one point in what sure. uh, you're talking about with direct to consumer, because a lot of people will think direct to consumer only think leads and like right. generating names and, and those kind of things. Direct to consumer in this modern age of the social media and the internet also is doing videos and right. branded outreach and those kind of things. That's direct to consumer because you're mm -hmm. you're going right to the consumer and you're getting leads from that in a big way. So if you're a loan officer, think that like you're going to have to call a thousand leads because you're now direct to consumer. There's multiple facets of that. You know, just to wrap up, but like I like that earlier you said crafting content specific for the realtor. So the same thing with consumers, right? Like you want to create content for these two separate audiences in different ways, right? The pain yep. points of a real estate agent versus the pain points of a consumer are very different, obviously. So just thinking about that when you are crafting content, because you're probably going to be friends with people that are consumers as well, right? That are people that could buy a home. So, you know, you just want to craft both of those things. And, you know, we're in an era where yeah. TikToks and Reels and those types of content is getting massive reach. That might go away in a year or two, who knows? But right now it's the way to go. So like, if you're not doing short form video, definitely do that, man. So yeah. thank you so much for thank being you. on the show, man. It was awesome. And uh, for anybody who is, interested in learning how we're helping loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents, go to flipthestatusquo.com. And thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.